welcome to episode 56, Fish Across the Pond, Marlins UK podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt, and joining me this week in the lead-off spot, Lee Dobbs. Lee, how are we? I am as good as always. Good man. Rob Newell, also in the house today. Rob, welcome yeah, back. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm at uh, in the 10th inning on second base, ready to run off the walk-off. <laughs> Well, don't go too soon, mate. We've got at least 45 minutes of, uh, of chatting to do first. Um, Dan Healy, unavailable for today. So we've had to draft in, well, an outsider as such. He's into the he's into the fish tank. It is Bob Bamber from Braves UK. Bob, how are we? Very good, Pete. I'm looking forward to talking about the best team in the NL East uh, and also the Braves because uh, the best team in the NL East right now is the Marlins. So I thought I'd get, get myself on side with everyone at the beginning of the show. You started well. Let's <laughs> let's see how you carry on. <laughs> um, Bob, we'll, you know, we're going to round off, I think, with a real deep dive on the Braves as we get into this. But we're going to start Marlins because, well, we have to. And um, guys... The Marlins are headed home 23 days on the road. Can you believe that stretch? Nearly, well, over three weeks on the road, returning back to Miami. They're back in Miami now. Eight and four. Eight and four NL East leaders. I mean, I it's been a roller coaster, guys. There's no way, you know, there's no better way to put it. And I think almost it was summed up with the game last night, which was insane. Absolutely insane. Lee Dobbs, I know you watched most of it like I did live. Um, yeah. Just A, give me a sense as to how this season's playing out. Eight and four after, you know, first couple of weeks of baseball and equally last night's action, mate. Crazy. Yeah, I, 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 last night's game was just mental. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, you know, it's, it's draining to watch it. The yeah. bullpen was just throwing it away. I mean, that cover how many two two one at home runs they hit. It was just every inning, wasn't it? They, they they were just coming back and back and back. Then then to tie it, and then finally in the tenth we we you know we came through. But yeah, I mean the season so far you know eight and four. I think every single Marlins fan fan would have taken that you know at the start. So you know, you know I'm happy with that. We're we're finally coming home at last. Mm. So yeah, all, all, all in all, apart from yeah, I mean, we, we we had a little rough stretch there, you know, li- you know losing two to the Mets and then and then one, you know, one to the Jays. But yeah, all in all, eight eight and four is, I mean, you know, great. I'm well summarized, mate. I mean, to be eight and four, um, you know, we've we knew going into this season that the schedule was favourable at the start. We yeah. knew we had to had to start fast. And I mean, this is all just on paper, right? Because you're like, well, you've got four against the O's. Uh, the O's are absolutely hammering everyone else apart from the Marlins. So, you know, they they perhaps were no gimmies or maybe the other teams think they are. I don't know. But eight and four uh, headed back is is incredible. We've also, guys, had our first look. Uh, Rob, I'll come to you on this one firstly. We've had our first look at the extra innings rule and the man starting on second Firstly, just give us your kind of take on the Blue Jays series in, in general, but equally, let's let's hear it on this uh, this extras rule. We've seen both games against the Jays. Yeah, so 
Um, I think the other thing to remember is they were playing in Buffalo, uh, and that's a AAA ballpark, and obviously the dimensions are slightly smaller. Um, and that was quite interesting because actually I thought there was going to be more home runs because of just you know where the dimensions are, and with the fact that the Marlins are obviously got a very sketchy, um, not just bullpen but a sketchy starting rotation as well. Something went slightly wrong. It could have ended up being a really, really high-scoring game. And it, I know it was yesterday, but it wasn't really so much for the home runs. Um, I was quite disappointed from the first game. I thought we could have done it, and we could have done it in that in well in the in the tenth inning. And it was to see it, you know fall away like that was disappointing because after Savelli's you know magnificent you know home run to to tie it up, and yeah, I just loved that when he hit it, and there was the fist pump and love it. And it was just, it just shows a whole kind of, um, after the Marlins having 18 players go off with COVID or in the IL, then bringing in a, a concophony of, of random players that they could just pick up from free agency or off on waivers, to suddenly be able to, to form a team of these guys who've never played together before is fantastic. We have been quite fortunate. We've kept a few key players in there like Aguilar and Brian Anderson. You know, a couple of those home runs are just uh, you know, absolutely wonderful, and what a player he's turned out to be. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, in some ways, a little bit disappointed we didn't, you know, go away with the sweep, and that's because really of this whole, you know, runner on second base. Now I watch quite a bit in the minor leagues, so I'm quite used to this, and I've seen it, and you kind of just get used to it in the end. Um, but I still find it a little bit odd. No, do I want to be, um, you know, watching seven-hour games that go off into the 18th inning? No. But then again, you are. It, it, it seems a little bit false. I think it's just because we're not used to, to, to watching something like that. And you will, we've kind of seen in the first game, it kind of didn't really play into our hands. It played in the Blue Jays' hands. And then in, in the game last night, it played into our hands. Yeah. So, just in terms of where the order was, right? You know, the way the bats lined up. Next thing is we had all our speed guys all at the bottom end of the order. Next thing is you've already got a runner on base. They're already thinking of that. Next thing is Birdie bunts down the third line, I think. Birdie's on. You're on the corners, no outs, and then a stolen base. That's the point, right, was the, yeah. the other day, the previous day, we were more into the kind of hitting element of the lineup, and they try to hit their way to a victory rather than, I guess maneuver players around which yeah, i think is interesting donny donny after the game as well mentioned he said it is a bit of a disadvantage for the away team in this because if you go first and don't score then then you pretty much just bump the guy over and you're on third and then you got to you know got to fly out along the way and you know it's it's easier to win he said strategically it's um you know it, it's 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 easier if you are the home team and you have the opportunity to see what they do and then you can counter it and change your strategy accordingly. So yeah, it's interesting, Bob, I, I know you've seen the Braves have definitely had a, 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 a couple of, well, at least one extras. I think it oh, was definitely one. Yeah, definitely one. I think it was a Mets game early on and from, from memory, there was a blown save leading up to that from the Mets, which I think you'll take great pleasure in talking about. But um, what about, what about you mate from this runner on second Starting out on the in the tenth, are you a fan? Not a fan? Well, you said we've only got forty-five minutes, so I probably can't talk about Edwin Diaz too much. No. Um, but yeah, I, 
I think it's understandable this year. They don't want games going 13, 14 innings um, for the same reason they have the rule in the minor leagues. I think that makes sense. I still don't particularly know why, um, you know, why why people are so averse just to ending games in a tie. But there we are. Apparently, mm-hmm. we've got to come up with a result. Um I think if they're looking at this rule next year, I think it's the kind of thing that might make sense, say, in the 12th onwards. So you get a couple of extra innings to finish it properly, and then at that point we kind of just turn it into a penalty shootout and just, you know, deal with it. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I think it's I think it's a necessity more than it is, you know, something that's, I think, a brilliant rule. I, you know, let's hope it's not going to happen in the postseason. I don't know if that's the plan yet, but I would hope it's not. Um, but yeah, on the whole, like I don't have a massively strong opinion on it either way, but it's brought in to, to finish games without them going too deep, which I think in a, you know, talk about team like the Marlins, we're going to have to jam a load of fixes into the last six weeks of the season. Um, not having games going 13, 14, 15 innings is a very good thing. Um, I also just think, if you you know, admittedly, you look at the, you look at the box score, say from last night, it was chaos, but I think as a general rule, if you can't win the game in nine innings, you can't have any complaints if, if you lose because the other team takes better advantage of a runner on second. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, when we look at it, guys, we spoke about this in, in, in the preseason at some point. Um, we knew this rule was coming in and it was designed to you know, make sure the games didn't go on. We've seen it twice and they've both ended in, in the first inning, I guess, of extras. So, you know, that's what it's there to do. We won one, we've lost one. Um, we should have won, you know, yesterday's game shouldn't have gone to extras anyway. We should have, we should have closed that out, but you know, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> Lee, just on that game and on the Jays series as well. I mean, from a, from a hitting perspective, you've meant, I think Rob mentioned a few guys, but who's, who's kind of standing out to you now? You know, we've only, we've only played 12 games, you know, when you strip yeah. it back, we've only played 12, <laughs> but it equates to, I don't know. 20% of the season. So yes, yes, yes. Small sample strange. sizes, but every game matters here. So what, what are we seeing from the hitting side? Yeah. I mean, I think it's the same as, as last week, really, you know, you've still got a BA. You know, we was on our four home runs so, so far already, you know, Aguilar's the same. I think they both hit around 13, 12, you know, you know, RBIs. And then, and then you've got a Savelli. <laughs> I mean, the, the surprise is, was it three yeah. home runs already? <laughs> Exactly, and coming up, coming two, up, three one stops. Yeah, I mean, and and obviously doing doing you know in the ninth, you know, was, you know, you know, what's special? Yeah, so, yeah, you know, he, he's do, do he, so so they're probably the three standouts. Uh, VR was coming along now, I think. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's had some struggles, but he was good last night. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there were signs that that he's t- turning it around. So yeah, it's it's still the main players who we you know expected you know where you know like you know when the season started. You know, you know, to, to be leading the team, yeah. and, and also you got you got Dickerson, who I know his stats still don't look you know great. I think he's hitting mm. low low two hundred and stuff, but his his plate, you know, you know, like just just it's incredible. I did make a note there. Something he saw twenty seven pitches in four at, at bats on Tuesday. I mean, the guy just just you know he he just swings it, you know, he fouls it off, you know, yeah, yeah, fouls it off. For, yeah, for ages, and you know, you know, it's just something that we've that we've been been missing for years. Yeah. So, so, so to have to have him in there is, is great. For, you know, but yeah, the, the offense on the whole, you know, you know, is is still still you know okay. Yeah, Rob. 
let's let's turn to the arms. There's a couple of questions for you. Who's your favourite bullpen piece that we've that you've seen so far? And have, there's been, I mean, we've seen a lot. Um, equally, just talk me through the starting pitches and where we're at. I mean, I in advance of yesterday's game, I was extremely concerned about Yamamoto because I knew, as you already mentioned, that the dimensions were small of that part of that park, and he's given up home runs and he gave up another couple again. So. What are we seeing equally from the from the starters? Um, but you know, start with the bullpen, and we'll work to the starters. Favorite piece so far that you've seen? Uh, the favorite piece of the bullpen depends on which day you ask me, um, because <laughs> um, we've seen sort of um, great performances from uh, Hoyt and Vincent, and then other days they they've they've, they've struggled, um, and that's just the nature of a bullpen and the nature of a bullpen that's been thrown together. But it's Kinsler who who I, I've really been impressed with. I I, I know not. Every game has gone quite his way, but even so, I, I, I think he's looked like our closer. I think he, uh, you know, when it, let's say everything was whatever normal is, but um, he's looked very efficient. Um, he's looked very good command um, and um, and very attacking at the plate. So um, Kinsler, I think, is my favourite um, bullpen piece. But there are some there's some other guys in there who just you know surprised and um i think it's a bit of a shame that i think mike morin's got injured mm. and um uh, josh o smith got the the save last night there's loads of surprises and then if you just take it back a few other days we've had some um good performance tartley's had a couple of really good performances and then he had a bit of a rough night the other night so um there is some it, 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 overall what could have happened is we could have had a Philly-style bullpen meltdown because we've just thrown a load of guys in there and they're really struggling, or a load of starters who are not doing so well, so we'll put them in the bullpen. And we haven't we fallen foul of that in many years gone past, mm-hmm. thinking of your way in Chen's uh, and um, uh, what happened with Urania last year as well. So that's that's from the bullpen side of it. From the starter side of it, obviously Pablo Lopez uh, in his game uh, when we we uh, sadly did lose to the Mets four two. It was a, another game which was uh, I know Mattingly was very frustrated with uh, the umpires again, and um, I thought um, even though Degrom was uh, very Degrom like, I thought he was there again for potentially for the taking. Aguilar got a home run, and but Pablo Lopez kept us in the game. I thought he looked. Brilliant. You know, as much as we like Alcantara, you thought, wow, this is a guy who's, especially the fastball, which for Lopez could be his undoing last year. Just really, really attacking inside the plate. It was just wonderful. So Lopez has been my favourite starter, but we have to think about some of the other starters that we've had to pitch in. Considering our uh, that we, we are top of the division as it stands, you've had um, Daniel Castano. Who, who's just come up and, um, you know, be honest with you, he's a single A, double A at best player and, mm. you know, completely, completely raw. Um, um, and um, yes, he did struggle, but not un, un, under the, the way that you might think he do. You might sort of think he might last an inning and then get blown out. Yes, he gave away a couple of home runs. Humberto Mejia, who they... I've got a lot of hope for in the future. I did see him pitch uh, last year in the minor leagues and looked fantastic. And um, yeah, I thought he 
was really, really good that mm-hmm. game, even though, again, he was only there for two uh, innings, um, or just over two innings, but six strikeouts. And that, I think, is quite impressive. Yamamoto, yes, there was concerns, and um, it was a bit of control here and there, not being able to seem to select his pitches. He's one, we, we, what we were talking about pre-season was that Yamamoto was the guy with the full package of pitches, and mm-hmm. it didn't seem to be there. And that is a concern. But on the flip side, Alicia Hernandez, yes, he had trouble going into that sixth inning, but otherwise, five innings, again... You know, awesome, innings. Yeah. Uh, you and, and, and I can see why they selected him over Yamamoto. Yeah, so, me too. And, you know, put it, let's put it into perspective here, guys. Eliezer, he's our fifth starter. You know, we've, we've lost 60% of the rotation because of the, the COVID situation. Eliezer was, was marked to be the, the fifth starter. And I'm telling you, he's better than half the team's third starters, in, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> not having seen everyone's rotation, so that's a bit of a, a loose comment. But you know the point I'm getting at. Like He's, he's better than ours, I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we're going to get to yours. I know you've had, I mean, you've had different types of struggles, Bob, on, on rotation pieces. And I guess actual, well, long-term or, or longer-term, let's say, um, concerns around Soroka, who's um, Achilles has gone, um, chasing a ball, I think, to first base or something. He tried to go and retrieve a ball, and Achilles went, and he's out for at least a year, I think, is the prognosis, right? Uh, don't, well, it could be. Um, yeah, torn Achilles. Um, some people are saying six months. Some people are saying 12 um, so yeah, it's it's it, it's it's too soon to know really, but I think we'll 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 see. You know, assuming there's a normal spring training, I assume around mid February we'll find out where he's at. Um, but yeah, hopefully we'll see him some point next year. How big a miss is you know for this season and potentially next? How big a miss is that for you guys in in what your rotation looks like now? Well, the rotation's a bit of a disaster at the moment. Even if he's there, um, it would look better, admittedly, but. Um, we've basically now got Max Freed, who's looking every bit as good as we all expected him to, um, and then just a bunch of question marks. I'm, I'm not one okay. to, you know, make a big load of excuses around injuries. You know, Fulton Evich didn't get injured. He's lost some weight, which is a different story. Um, Sean Newcomb didn't get injured. They were just both crap. Um, and, and the Braves have a very, very short leash on pitchers this year, it seems. They DFA'd Fulton Evich during the game against the Blue Jays. Like, you know, oh yeah well no i mean you know like they wow. not, not quite as officially as that like they didn't send out a tweet during the sixth inning but they told him <laughs> we're dfaing you like normally when you dfa a guy you just you know you just send the tweet out the next day saying he's been designated for assignment they yeah. told him during the game they announced it um in the press conference right after the game so yeah bit of a struggle uh we're doing bullpen days uh there's opportunity carl wright is is a guy you root for but you know, my sympathy for him only goes so far, given that we paid him seven million dollars when we, 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 uh, we drafted him. Uh, and Tuka Desant looks quite good as well. And you'll see, you'll see right tomorrow. I think you'll see Freed on Saturday, and then I've got no idea who's pitching Sunday. <laughs> we'll, we'll look forward to to, to seeing the rotate. Just while we're on on bullpen related activities as well, um, just summarise from a Braves perspective, bullpen has actually been a strength, is my understanding, right? It's been solid. 
Yeah, I mean, it's come a long way since the beginning of 2019 when, you know, it just looked horrendous and they kind of put Luke Jackson in his closer just by necessity. Um, they spent there. Uh, they traded for Mark Melanson. They they bought Will Smith in as a, as a big-name free agent over the winter. Uh, they traded for Shane Green. They traded for Chris Martin, then extended him. Um, you know, I think that the thing that the Braves have done real well that, say, the Phillies probably haven't is that, I mean, Darren O'Day is a bit of a strange one. He was getting paid a fair bit last year, and though he was hurt. They bought him back for a couple of million. I still don't know how Josh Tomlin got to June without having a major league club because Tomlin was really good last year and you know people are finally talking him up this year just throw strikes it's not particularly complex got hit a bit last night against the Yankees doesn't really mind and then yeah like you know the I always think the sign of a good team is when you can pull a guy off a scrap heap and he can come in and make a difference and Tyler Matzek's done that since he's since he's appeared this year um and there's a good case in my opinion that him and Tomlin should be moved into the rotation um, they're talking about how great this bullpen is, but it doesn't matter if you've got to go five, six, seven innings most days because you haven't got the starters to go the length. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I like I said on Twitter, I think yesterday or the day before, I always say the Braves have got starting pitching for days. The problem is we're starting to run out of days now. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's well, let's pause on on the Braves for now. Um, Lee, I'll I'll come back around to you, buddy. On on I guess going backwards slightly now to the to the Met series, um, just very briefly, for me, we that series win I think flattered the Bra- uh, the, the Braves, the Mets in my opinion. Um, yes. I didn't think the Mets were great. I think we we did well, um, but just a few few errors here and there I, I, I think hurt us in that one. But you know we 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 nicked, we nicked the first game. To keep the streak running, and then yeah, on on Sunday we were expected to lose that against Degrom. We probably shouldn't have done. I mean, that error from Corey Dickerson in in yeah. right field was a uh, sorry left field was a real backbreaker, yeah. I think, for for us on that game. Um, but just what did you see from that series and from the Mets as well? Just very briefly. Yeah, like I say, I, I, I think you summed it up well. That yeah, I mean, it flattered them. I think we actually do we out hit them in every game. I think from what I remember. I say, I mean, it's, it's, so I'm sure we did out hit them every game. It's just where we talked about last series with the Orioles, where we didn't commit, you know, you know, you know no errors. Mm. In this series, we we committed an error in every game, yeah, and it and it came back came back to bite us. They yeah. say, I mean, the umpiring as well was <laughs> a questionable. You know, well, we'll let's to say the least. Like. Let's actually dive into the umpires, mate. Now you've brought them up. Let's let's talk about it because, again, because of the COVID situation, crews are following around teams, I think, is seemingly the way that it's working. So we've had the same crew in New York that then came with us to Buffalo, which I guess is New York State, right? And then, then they're also now traveling with us or have traveled with us now for our next series against the Braves. I mean... It's it's been growing actually. Like it's kind of got progressively worse, is my view. And Don Mattingly is becoming progressively <laughs> yes. more and more annoyed, and <laughs> the vocals are getting louder and louder and louder. But you know, what are you seeing from this crew, mate? I mean, they just it, it just yeah, is they, so inconsistent. I think that's the problem. Yeah, that, that, that's it. They're just you know, it's, you know, it's one you know one one innings one thing. 
then then the next inning it changes, you know, the, you know, the zone will change and it's just, you know, the balls are being called strikes though when they're clearly, I mean, you can see it on the telly. I know, I know, not I know if that strike zone isn't 100 percent you know a- accurate that they show, but you can clearly see that there's balls being called strikes, and it, it just seemed to be that when it matters, you know, it it went against us all all the time. You know, like you know, like the ninth inning, eighth inning, every, you know, it, it was always that, that 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 element to it, which then led you know you know, you know to, to like a run. So yeah, it it was just um, you know frustrating to see really because yeah. you know, it, it should be be better you know on this level so well, yeah, ho- hopefully chirping. Yeah, in, yeah you know in Miami they, they will improve hopefully <laughs> we'll see I mean you guess as it kind of and I'm not this is where it gets interesting like where you have the same guys following a team around and the relationship maybe starts to break down more and more and more like yeah. It's going to be interesting that that dynamic. But I asked I asked Donnie on on the sun. So before the Sunday game, they'd already been on the after the Saturday. That was it. It started the Saturday night game, yeah. and Twitter was blowing up. Marlon's Twitter was blowing up about it. And I asked Donnie, and he said, "No, actually, didn't feel that." So he he said he didn't feel it. He said they actually called it well. Come to the Sunday post game, and Donnie's absolutely losing his mind, and he's losing his mind throughout the. Uh, the Blue Jays series too. I'm, so. I'm sure if it wasn't a COVID situation, you know, yeah, he would have been been tossed. I think in <laughs> one of <the> games. <laughs> I think so. Um, <laughs> to coin a phrase from. Yeah. The... <laughs> uh, actually, let's let's move on from that one. I, I got myself in a in a tangle of words on a different podcast uh, <laughs> around that subject. So we'll move on. Rob, uh, here we go. We're heading back to Miami now, buddy. Well, we're already back, but we're going to start playing again tomorrow. Here's the good news. Um, Donnie yesterday said the process, no names were named, but the process has started for reinstatement for multiple guys. We don't know who they are. What that, and Donnie actually didn't really know what the process looked like or not that he shared with us. He just said it started. What that suggests is there are multiple guys on of that 18 that have potentially had the multiple days negative tests that are required. And so perhaps I don't think, you know, not, I don't think it's going to be relevant for this brave series, but here's the good news. We're probably going to start to get some of the guys back. Did see a tweet from Sandy last night with a, it was suggestive, let's say that he may be on his way back, but great news for the Marlins, right? I mean, these boys, these guys off the street and to go back to Bob's description, you know, the scrap heaps that, you know, you plug and play. And if you get something out of them, you know, happy days, but the guys have held it down, but it'd be great to start getting some of the the major pieces back. Right. Yeah. There's in some ways, um, I suppose that the camaraderie that the Marlins had and because they were sort of being attacked from all sides, kind of maybe strengthened them and you still got, you know, Mickey Rojas there as the central figure who's been remotely sort of keeping it all together as well and keeping uh, in contact with everyone. There's that big, big team feeling still there. However, quality will always win out. And that's where we, we have that fear. Getting some of those players back will help. Unfortunately, not everybody who's been called up has been 
has done well. There's been some surprises, like Magnery Sierra is looking fantastic. Lewis Brinson is, is really struggling. Um, whoa, Monte, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, Monte <laughs> Harrison is struggling, despite some really, really good work in the outfield. So you feel that there's a few players there that you could, there are some upgrades coming back in again. But obviously Sandy is the is the big one out there because, um, you know, we could be in a position where coming into the Mets series would be with uh, Yamamoto uh, again, or you could have Sandy. So, you know, no offence to Yamamoto, who do you want out of those two? Um, and so it, it's, it is really good news because I think our kind of um, honeymoon period of this, you know, monster uh, uh, away run that mm. or away games we were on with COVID and being trapped in hotels and all the rest of it, that kind of, uh, um, that, you know, the, 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 the terrible situation we're in and how we managed to turn it around is, is a bit of a fairy tale and, and yeah. reality will come to bite us back. We've got some hard games coming up and the Braves will be difficult despite what Bob's just said with their rotation. Freddie Freeman's got a 300 batting average against us and you just think that's over how many seasons? I think Freeman's probably been playing for a, probably a good, I don't know, 10 seasons or whatever now. Uh, maybe that's a bit too many. Um, but it, <laughs> yeah, it, you might have aged him a little bit there. Yeah, may, maybe so. I, I don't know how, how many seasons, but you know what I mean. He's He's yeah. been, he, uh, just looking at actually. Consistently good, I think, is the point uh, you're making. Yeah, 162 games he's played against us. And out of that, he's got uh, 30 second bases, uh, 176 hits, 30 second bases, three um third bases and it says 30 home runs i hope these stats are right <laughs> that sounds really really outrageous <laughs> but yeah that's right um so um with a 512 slugging percentage so he likes us and so he will yet yeah, again we've we we've at least got to get you know three or four runs on the board just to compensate for freeman yeah so you know here's here's where we sit guys we're the Braves have played 20 games. We've only played 12. So, you know, our, our percentage, the winning percentage is at 667, hence putting us, I guess, at the top of the NL East right now. Well, we are, but not on, on a pure wins and losses perspective. The Braves are, I guess, the runaway from the rest of the pack. Beyond that, really, you've got, you know, the, the Nats and the Mets and the Phillies all kind of scuttling and not really putting anything or stringing anything together. So you get the sense that, you know, if, um, you know, this is a big series. This is a big series, I think, guys. You know, we, if we want to keep this dream alive, and I think it's the point you're making, Rob, right? You've had, we've had a, a cluster of guys that come together, the mentality, the work ethic, the why not us has kicked in, and we've just ground out some results in the most improbable of ways. But, at some point, quality shines through, and we we could do with some of our, our our pieces coming back to help us now in what is going to be the the brutal part of the schedule. I say the brutal part; I mean there's still eighty percent of it left to go, but it's just it's tough, um, seemingly. Bob, just can you give us a quick rundown on, I guess, the Braves' eleven and nine season? We've already touched upon obviously Soroka going down, but you know. What kind of an eleven and nine season has it been? 
Yeah, this is our first off day since uh, since the opening day. Yeah. Um, we, we've gone 20 days flat. I think the schedule does look a little bit nicer. Like, you know, in the in the era before Sean Newcomb got bombed from the rotation, there was a thought that we might not need a fifth starter for the, uh, uh, for the next few weeks, which is still technically true, but we now just need the fourth starter as well. So there's that. Um, it's been good. Um... Like I say, Soroka was really good when he was healthy, so we got a few good starts there. Freed's been consistently good. Um, and yeah, even though the you know we've had some kind of mismatches, uh, mismatches in terms of um, the other guys that have started, offensively we've generally been good. The bullpen's been able to keep us in games as well. Um, and yeah, I don't think... We, so we lost this t- series against the Yankees. I don't think we lost the series against anyone else other than that. Beat the Mets, split the Blue Jays, beat the Mets, uh, split with the Phillies, uh, split with the Rays. Yeah, so I think I think the 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 two nil series loss against the Yankees was the was the first series loss of the season, or, or, or based on my own memory anyway. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like offensively, it's been. Offensively, generally, someone's always been there. Like the first two weeks of the season, like Acuna, Albies, and Freeman were hitting like a combined one six five or something like that, which isn't ideal. Mm. Um, as we enter this weekend, Aussie Albies is on the ten day injured list. Ronald Acuna Jr. he will be unavailable. He's not mm. on the injured list, but they said they've both got wrist injuries. You know, Albies yeah. goes down with a wrist injury, and then Acuna feels pain. Is the joke right? Um, so yeah, we are kind of winging it when it comes to the batting lineup. Downsby Swanson will probably lead off as he has been for the last week, which isn't ideal, but he's hitting quite well. Uh, Travis Darno's going to probably be hitting two, which is again less than ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, but an old Marlins friend, Marcelo Zuna, has been hitting pretty well. Yeah. Um, he's been, he's been, you know, you know, we've had concerns with him defensively which has been a challenge legitimate um but yeah yeah, i mean like like you know it's kind of hard to believe that that there was a case that we probably would have signed ozuna um we signed ozuna obviously in february january whenever it was with the idea that he was going to be an everyday left fielder um okay the dh has become available they probably would have put him there anyway but i get the sense they're putting him there more than they'd like because they really don't like his defense um so that's fine but i think if there was any thought that we might maybe try and re-sign him next year that could be entirely dependent on the dh um so yeah it's been it's one of those where like there's always been something going right to counteract something going wrong. And that explains why we're kind of hovering around 500, but it it, all, it feels more of a struggle than normal. Yeah. Just, just give us a, a sense as well. You know, I've watched one or two of the earlier Braves games, but not, not in the last couple of days. Just give us a sense. So Albies is on the, the IL. Yeah. And Acuna, it's been announced is most likely to going to miss the whole of the, the Marlins series, which, from our perspective, is, is is a positive. Who? What's the drop off? You know, who's replacing Albies? Who's likely to replace uh, Ronnie in, in those spots? Well, um, Enrenciate has been our centre fielder for you know four five years, whenever it was, whenever he came over from the Diamondbacks, um, and he hit very very well in 2017. Has been hitting progressively worse ever since. Um, he's now hitting 
like you know we talk about having a dh and zierte is like having a pitcher um hitting it's kind of that bad um i believe today seems to today seems to be the day when you know and this is relevant for everyone and for you guys today seems to be the day where you can call the prospect up and gain an extra year of control mm-hmm. uh Philippe's calling up alec bohm earlier today etc uh the braves have a guy named christian pache who i get the sense will be robbing hits all around the nles for the next five or six years who is as i am told a elite defender in center field um, we don't know about the bat yet. I mean, the, the thing about Encierte is that it, like he, he could he could hit 100 if he was defending like he was three years ago. That would be fine. What we've seen in the last week or so is that he is not the same defender he was three or four years ago either. So yeah, it's possible that you know, come five o'clock tomorrow when I'm expecting the Braves are going to announce some moves. Uh, Pache will be a guy that comes up. Mm. Uh, that's not going to replace Acuna's bat. I think if Pache starts, he'll start probably in the nine spot. So it's more relevant in terms of Swanson's going to be replacing Acuna's spot in the lineup. And then, yeah, Ozzy Albies has been replaced by Johan Camargo, who's hitting okay. Uh, I say okay. I'm not sure if he's above the Mendoza line or not. But yeah, like given that the Braves last year were carried by four hitters, Josh Donaldson's on the IL in Minnesota now. Uh, Freddie Freeman's Freddie Freeman, although he's had a, you know, it wouldn't shock me if Freeman went off against the Marlins because as we've we've, we've established, he normally does. Um, But he has had a bit of a weird first few weeks and I feel like the numbers have been propped up by two or three really, really heavy hitting games. Um, But yeah, no Donaldson, no Albies, no Acuna. Um, it's going to be a struggle. But I think the interesting thing from my perspective is that I feel like um, games against the Marlins last year were a real struggle because of, you know, they were kind of low-scoring pitching duels. This year feels like it could be, you know, 6-7-7-8, given the relative strengths and weaknesses of all three sides. And I hope you heard all that because I know we're having some connection issues. No, no, I got you. We've got you. Uh, It's all good. Um, just just to finish up, um, I want to just get your take on, you know, you're a Braves fan. I know you follow most teams in baseball in general, but just give us a sense because, you know, we're in it, we're living it, we're Marlins fans that are, that are living this. And so we, you know, a little bit of bias, but when you strip it away here, Bob, you've got a team that's won eight and lost four with 18 guys that have gone down with covid it's it's a terrible situation for the team at the time, but to come out and keep winning games off the back of that, I, I believe it's remarkable. But I just want to get your take on that, just more objectively. Um, I, I wouldn't quite go as far as say it's remarkable. I think it's it, it's it's been very good. I, I can't really dispute that. Um, you know, a pretty unique set of circumstances. It's the kind of thing that you know might in a weird kind of way, galvanize the guys that are still there. Um, you know, again, a 60, 60-game season's weird anyway, but if you, after a week off, turn up and you're like, well, there's 14 new guys. You know, maybe the guys are still there. Okay, we got to win this for everyone else. So, no, like, I, you know, so far, so good. Can't argue with that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not 
holy, you know, I better watch what I say and saying that I don't think the Lions have faced much of a challenge yet because, you know, you'll probably run us over this weekend. <laughs> um, like, I'm looking at your, you know, I was looking at the box score from last night's game while you guys were chatting earlier and I can't work out, you know, who are the real players and who are the ringers, right? You know, they, they kind of all bleed into what in my mind. Um, but yeah, like, you know, I'm the Marlins seems to be doing a good job with the rebuild. I always say there's, there's no such thing as a bad prospect, you know, you, you know, Every rebuild's great until you find out whether these guys can go or not. The Braves are kind of finding that out at the moment with some of their pitches. Um, but given that, like, the Marlins could be 3-11 and 11 right now, and no one will give a shit, really, or 3-9, mm-hmm. and nine, as far as they played 12 games, um, the, the, given the fact, you know, and no one really would really bat an eyelid, it would be perfectly understandable. The fact that you're top of the division basically um i think the real thing is is that you know the the more relevant part isn't where you're at right now it's that there's six weeks to go in the season or whatever it is there's a pretty good chance the marlins aren't going to finish bottom of the division which you know is interesting given the, the the relative aspirations of everyone else and there's probably i still think only an outside chance the marlins make the playoffs like you know i'm not i'm not sold on the marlins going you know having a, a record of 600 650 come the end of the year but it could be 500 and that might be enough yeah yeah, yeah. well i'm i'm already on records last week i, yeah. I had a few beers but I'm, I'm already on record saying i don't need a percentage you know we're we're in i don't i don't think we're in i know we're in this year i can just feel us riding that riding that wave so um lee coming back to you buddy braves three games set we're going to see one of them against Freed, and we know Freed's been good. We've got Wright, I think, on Friday. So Pablo versus Wright on Friday, and then a, 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 a t- t- TBC on, on the Sunday. I think it's TBC for us, too. I mean, if things go to plan, it'll be Pablo, Eliezer. You know, we'll see uh, on that one. But how are you feeling now? I mean, you know, we've got to look at this. You know, the Marlins will feel a boost, right? Albie's missing, Soroka missing, yeah. Acuna missing. The, you know, it's a po- the Marlins will look at this as a positive and yeah, think you know, it, we got to jump on it. Of course, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be a bit of a tough series. But but like, like you say, it's it's a good it's a good series. You know, I mean, how, you know, when was the, you know, the, the, the the last time we played played a series? You know, to see to see who who would be be first. So I mean, that that that, that hasn't. You know, you know, you know, been around for years, so that is that. It's, I mean, if if we were to win this series, you know, that that, that would be huge, because I mean, given the aim isn't really to beat the Braves, I'd, I'd guess, yeah, for the season, it's, it's to be to be second. So, yeah, I mean, it's and and I and like I say it's a good good test testers, you know, mm-hmm. as well, because it, I mean, there there is that argument that we haven't played anyone, you know. Yeah, you know, really good, good yet. Yeah. So this, so this will will be the first test, you know, you know, yeah, you know, for this this bunch of guys. So it's yeah, a good you know, point, right? On, on that one. Just on on the quality. I mean, well, we've played the Mets, we've played the Phillies. They're both in the division. There's us plus the. I mean, you know, how good is the NL East actually? I mean, we're yeah, just saying now we haven't played anyone, but actually we 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 played half of the division. Everyone's saying their toilet. And the Orioles are running over everyone else yeah. in the NL East, so you know it's it's crazy, crazy. Uh, Such a strange year. Yeah, it is. It it, it really is. Um, give me a sense, mate. 
Do you think we can do it? Think we can nick it? I mean, the Braves have played us tough for at least the last yeah, two. Yeah, like I say, it's the Braves who we we, all, we always struggle with. Our pitching, obviously, we got Pablo. Yeah. And are, you know, hope starting two of them, but we don't know the other one. So it's probably going to be a be a be a bullpen game again. I mean, I'd I'd love to take take two, mm-hmm. but if we only took one, I think that's not too bad. If we can just avoid the sweep, then I think, you know, yeah, it's good. Yeah. I, I, Rob, coming to you now, buddy. If we avoid the sweep, so we nick one, we nick two, let's say. I mean, you know, who knows? You know, I, I don't know what, what the Braves, what kind of Braves are going to show up. I don't know what Marlins are going to show up. I mean, the boys, they're going to be happy to be home. Uh, you know, was messaging Sterling Sharp earlier. He's saying he's sleeping all day today, not getting out of bed. So, you know, is are we going to have a load of neck injuries going into the first game because everyone's been everyone's been on 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 you know on uh, in bed all all day? So, we can nick one or two, and then we roll into a four game series as well with the Mets. For me, they you know they look they look there for the taking in many ways too. So, how are you feeling about this week ahead? Um, yeah, so with the Braves, it does depend. I think it depends on our opening rotation and going into the Mets as well. So if everything goes well and suddenly Urania's back and Sandy is back and then our rotation's then more secured again um, and Caleb Smith as well, then it, it's a completely different ball game. It, it, in regards to what the situation we've got in the next two series, is, as Lee was saying, maybe a bullpen day, maybe consisting of Humberto Mejia, or Daniel Castano, who are still minor league pitchers and in any normal season would have been minor league pitchers, um, that causes a bit of, of problem. So I would like to think, because we've got a Pablo Day and, and maybe Hernandez or whatever, that um, that we could make maybe get this 2-1. But I, I yes, the Braves had a bit of a rough time with there's talk about earlier about Newcomb's pitching against the Phillies going completely wrong and um and all the rest of that but um I still have a fear that it might be a bit difficult for us and it, it will end up as a, a 2-1 loss just mm. because we seem to have that issue against the against the Braves with the Mets I'm a little bit more confident it's a four game series yes and yet again, rotations we're not aware of, but you kind of hope that some of the players are going to be coming back and um, that have been on the IL. I think the squad this time next week could look, you know, so, so different. And I'm kind of hoping we could maybe sort of carry that one away uh, as a 3-1. Um, and again, um, it's not saying that the Mets are, are weak and, and we've obviously seen from the, the season, uh, sort of the series we had against them. We did have a couple of days where we did sort of struggle. Um, but I, I would have thought that the, you know, the, yet again, they're another team within this division, like you were saying earlier about, you know, we always thought the NL East was going to be this mega, mega division. It's going to be, everyone's going to be super, super strong. And even if the Marlins are strong, they're still going to struggle. But it, it just seems... Every team that, you know, like the Phillies, we always laugh about the bullpen. And then the Mets, we always laugh about that. They just seem to completely fall apart at the end. And it doesn't matter what names they bring in. They seem to just, I just think there's something about that place that seems to just mm-hmm. eventually cave in on them. And um, they've had a couple of instances where there's been a few players that have played quite poorly. And um, it just seems to be playing out in this kind of very odd miniature scale in this this short series. So I'm kind of hoping a 3-1 win over the Mets, but it fully depends on, yeah. on what kind of team we've got, really. I'll, I'll 
finish with you in a second, though, Bob, on, on your predictions, mate. So I'll give you one more minute to dwell on it. Lee Dobbs, if the Marlins decide to promote one player, one prospect that hasn't featured yet so far, today, tomorrow, whenever, in the, in the build-up to this Brave series, who would you like it to be? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So ideally, ideally, I'd want a pitcher because yeah. that's where we are struggling. And I'd, I'd love it to be Sixto, but I just, he's, I, he's just not stretched out enough yet from, from what I hear. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But you know, if, if everything was sort of equal like level, then Sixto you know, is the one. Yeah. What about you, Rob? If you had that golden ticket, who would you take? Well, that, that's, that's the hype, isn't it? It's the, 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 the Sixto hype, isn't it? I know. I've never uh, seen a pitch. He could be absolutely terrible. I don't know. I, I've seen. I have seen him pitch, and um, he does look he does look really, really good. But there's concerns, obviously, about his injury and his arm, uh, and that's always been there, isn't it? So they're being like really careful. Isn't it interesting with all the players that have been? You know, you talk about Castano and Humberto Mejia, um, but Sixto is being kept to one side, and and I I get the feeling that. You, you, well, we, we know. We're not going to see him till next year, are we? It's unlikely, but, I mean, I, I, I've always had the sense that for those guys, it would be l- much later in, in this 60-game sprint. It would be, listen, someone's gone down in the last week, 10 days, two weeks, and you think, right, can you get three starts out of this guy to try and get you into a playoff spot? Perhaps they would maybe do that. I think what we've seen with the Marlins is the COVID situation happened and they pretty much went to the scrap heap to plug the gaps. That said a lot, I think, about the way they're playing this. But the, the, my, my view is the thinking may change if, if it gets a little bit later and you have another couple of blips and they think, you know what, let's, let's press the button. I tell you what, one thing, one one player we haven't talked about that I, I could have said was Max Meyer because there was all there was there was quite a little bit of of it wasn't it when he was drafted that could because of the strangeness yeah. of the season could we see him actually mm-hmm. come up in the bullpen? Would our draft pick from twenty twenty go straight into the minor leagues? I mean, it'd be it'd be one hell of a story <laughs> if if that if that were to happen. Um, you know, who, who knows? I mean. Brinson was on the call a few days back and, 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 and Lewis, he was asked about the guys down in the alternate site, the pitchers particularly, you know, what's he seen from them? And he said, the pitchers are thrown well. He said, there is some serious talent down there. But well, he's not going to say they're throwing really badly. He's, <laughs> like, he's not, he's not going to say they're just throwing BP at me. Like, you know. He said, he said he's been batting, you know, 105, so they must have been throwing really well. So That's better than, 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 than his average you know, you know, in the majors. <laughs> he, put Lewis, just, I, I need to just talk about Lewis very briefly, then we'll finish up with Bob <laughs> on, uh, on, his, on his view of, of this Brave series. How many shirts have you got now, Pete? I've, I've, <laughs> I've, I've been told I can't buy any more named jerseys or did the marlin shop just run out they've run out of brinson jerseys um, i have i have more than one so oh. you're you know you're in in the right direction is it three because that's where i think it is uh, it's, it's it's slightly less than three so okay all right I, i'm slightly more relieved 
<laughs> I just wanted to say on Lewis, guys, he hasn't, upon his return, he hasn't had a hit yet. So he may be, I don't know the numbers, maybe 0 for 12, top of my head, um, 0 for 14. You know, it, he hasn't had a hit. He's had a couple of unlucky hard hit balls. But I tell you what he has had, he's had a, a bunch of walks and his, his plate discipline and his approach is definitely different. It hasn't translated to hits, but anyway, just thought, you know, while we're on Lewis, I wanted to highlight that. Bob, we are right on schedule time-wise. You will not believe this, so we're right on schedule. Um, is three a bunch of walks? I just is, the, is three enough for a bunch of walks? It sounds like a bunch to me. <laughs> Brinson, yeah. It's slightly more than two. So it's a bunch of yeah, was it? When he's got more walks than I've got Brinson jerseys, then it's it's a bunch. <laughs> Bob, what are your expectations, buddy? You're coming into Marlins Park. It's a newly configured Marlins Park. You're second in the division on percentage. What do you what are you feeling? What are you hoping for? Just a quick side note, uh, a little bit of breaking news relevant to the Cardinals. Mm. Uh, Buster Olney on Twitter five minutes ago, another staffer on the Cardinals has tested positive, but the team continues to work towards return to action. They may bring back uh, Jose Oquendo, whoever that is, to coach third base. Players may drive rental cars individually to Chicago to play versus the White Sox this weekend. I don't know if they want to speak about the, you know, the stuff with the Cardinals and how it related to the coverage of the Marlins, but I thought I'd bring that up. Um, in terms of this weekend, I mean, I'm never a big one for predictions. I always just, you know, I, I you know, if it was the Braves playing us four and a group of ringers, I'd probably still predict 2-1, um, just because, you know, that's how I always tend to approach these things. Um yeah, I mean, I'm pretty happy with uh, on Saturday. We've got Max running out. That should be fine. Not to say we're going to win, but I'm okay. I'm confident with that. That you know, the, To me, the big thing is, can we get any length out of our starters? If we can, we've got a real chance. Bullpen's good. Bullpen's healthy. It's fresh. Um, I, I, I'm rooting for Kyle Wright tomorrow like no one else. Like I think I tweeted last week, I want nothing more in this world than Kyle Wright just to go five innings. Um, and he did against the Phillies, so let's hope he can do that again tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, I'll predict 2-1 to one just because that's what I always do. Bray's offense seems fine. Um, you know, like I said, I suspect, you know, I think actually offensively we've been pretty good. It doesn't always feel like it, um, but I think offensively we've been pretty good. But, yeah, to me the big concern is, you know, can we get more than four innings out of Carl Wright? And then what do we do on Sunday? But like I said, I'm hoping for a bit of optimism. Um, I'm expecting roster moves, plural, tomorrow. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Like I said, I think Pache might come up. Um, and then it's, do they try anything crazy with the, the fifth pitcher spot? Do they go to Tucker Davidson, who's a hard-throwing lefty that's got some real nice reviews? There's a few options. I'm not optimistic they'll do anything crazy on Sunday, but it is possible you might face one of our gone-unseen starters, or him or Anderson, but pretty unlikely. Mm. I, just Just on unseen starters... I think it's a really interesting wrinkle for the Marlins and unseen bullpen arms too. The fact that we cycled nine starters, you know, in in a row. So it was it wasn't until Pablo versus the Mets that we actually showed a second start and had a had a repeat starter. I, when I look at this, I wonder how much of a of a factor that's played. And what I have seen 
recently in terms of in terms of good performances i mean and what we've seen recently is this kind of fresh scrappy bullpen that's pieced together as all of a sudden started to get hit about a bit all of a sudden you know the scouting reports are there right on some of these guys i mean maybe they're just not pitching well um and but you know the more i guess tape that's available the more analytics takes place next thing is you start to know What's going to happen? I don't know. I mean, I'm just thrown out there. Bob, what about overall for the Braves? Would anything less than a than a, a division win be a disappointment for you boys? Um, I mean, given what's been, you know, the, 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 we, we're regressing towards our 2016 lineup at the moment. Like I put a tweet out a couple of days ago saying, we're, you know, we're only two days away from having Matt Kemp in left field and Jace Peterson at second base and all that kind of thing. Go back a few years. Um, you know, I, I don't want to say that the, 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 all the circumstances mean that, you know, we could write this one off, but like there is a, there is definitely a scenario where the starting pitching doesn't hold up and we just, you know, if you don't if you don't make the playoffs you can't have any complaints and if we don't make the playoffs then you know the, the pitching really will have fallen apart um but i think it is a case of there is less pressure on this season um yeah. but i still think there would be questions asked if we cannot get to you know given that 500 would probably be enough to to get in the playoffs one way or another um offensively we should be good enough but you know not a big one to make a thing about injuries but like we can't lose freeman we can't lose freed um if we do we're you know you know if we lose freeman we've got no we've got no elite hitters left and we lose freed i mean we've we've already got enough problems with the rotations it is Mm -hmm. so yeah like you know I still, I'm still confident at the moment we can muddle through it if we get Albies and Acuna back in the next couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, like the margin for error is pretty fine now. <laughs> yeah, guys, let's let's finish up on a on a percentage basis that we we see a season pretty much completed as such from the Cardinals. Like as Bob just mentioned, then it sounds like they're trying to get them back going again. Um, before we kind of give up, I mean, and our views on this, but equally, the coverage, the variance of coverage in the media between what the Marlins suffered and what, you know, what we're seeing from the reporters about the Cardinals and, and as well, in some ways, the Indians, like I put that out today as well. Like, you know, we've had, the Cardinals have had a similar incident to the Marlins where it's just spread and that's the way the virus operates. It's invisible and there's, there's a delay and it happens equally the Indians as well. You know, the two pitchers going out on the lash or whatever they were doing, um, you know, breaking protocols. I mean, for me, that's the worst of it was the Indians one who've actually, we've had all this go on two teams wildly heavily infected with, with COVID. And then you've got two pitchers punching out and, you know, just like, openly just saying fuck you to the protocols and you know going out on the piss seemingly so lee what's your sense on this one mate just on media coverage <laughs> i say it, it's been so you know you know different night and day you know between the two i say because it's the lowly marlins you know it was all just done and done in such a different way i mean even the fact that they're not playing yet it's been over two weeks now that they haven't played played a game. They've only played what, five games so far. Yeah, it's just it, it's just ridiculous. 
how they haven't been made to call up, you know, you know, the, the like alternate site players or you know, you know sign some players the way the Marlins did. Mm. I mean, I think we missed eight days, was it? I think between playing sun, the Sunday to, to Tuesday. So yeah, it's just, it's just been so different. And I understand, but it is mainly because they're the Cardinals and we and we are the Marlins. Yeah. What about you, Rob? What's your take on this kind of media coverage and? And as well on the Indians' uh, situation and how they've dealt with that, if you've seen that news. Yeah, so exactly the, what Lee said. So I think with the Marlins were, were the, the media seemed to be completely against them. Anything like that, that rumour that they all went out to a strip club and stuff, which was completely <laughs> and utterly baseless, is yet again, you know, the world's worst baseball reporter and Bob Nightingale making stuff up, it appeared to be. Um, but it was... Um, uh, and then the the juxtaposition to what's happened with the Cardinals, of all poor old Cardinals and their COVID. I know this just this just to do with, with fan base and history. The Cardinals obviously have a massive fan base in that kind of Midwest area, haven't they? And it's kind of... Um, and we did mentioned this before in a previous podcast what happens when this happens to a bigger and a major you know a, a bigger more well thought of team mm. and, the, and it just shows and the cardinals if you think the marlins had to quickly scrap together a team to go out and play even though rob manfred was saying oh we you know we must still must be competitive suddenly it seems to be the reverse for the cardinals mm-hmm. oh they can't go out they won't be competitive and it yeah, why, why haven't I mean, that's the point of these alternate sites, right? That's why you yes, have to play a pool. That's what, what I thought. Just, why have they not been made to, to play them? I just don't, I just, can, I, I, can I play devil's advocate a little bit? I do wonder whether, you know... I kind of agree with a lot of what you're saying. I don't think it's as extreme as you think. You know, I think you're more likely to... You're more likely to be receptive to anti-Marlins coverage than you are anti, anti-Cardinals um, coverage, if that exists. Um, I do get the sense that protocol has changed since mm. what happened with the Marlins. And I do think the reason the Cardinals aren't playing is they've now said we can't let them run out with half a team and the Marlins were just the guinea pig in the system. Yeah, uh, I don't think it's this big conspiracy. I don't think it's this big Marlins are a small team, Cardinals are a big team thing. I think it is, you know, they released the protocols like 10 days ago that said, oh, no, like now you can't, you know, now you can't leave your hotel. No strip clubs now. No, no shit, right? Like, why wasn't this, this the thing in June? <laughs> um, and on, on the subject of Bob Nightingale, that there was, you know, what, what, like peak Bob was uh, a tweet yesterday where he said, uh, there's been uh, no negative tests for the Cardinals yeah, in the last all, yeah. three days. And then about five minutes later, he just quote tweeted himself and just said, no positive tests. And that was it. That was it. Just left it up there. Just peak Bob Nightingale. Oh, dear me. I mean, that, that sums it up, right? That's, that's unfortunately, like, journalism these days, it's like, be first, worry about the facts and the, the fine details later. For me with Bob, just to you know, to finish up on on this one, it was it was the fact that he went on a couple of podcasts like back to back and just was throwing out there just opinion. What he was, you know, because it's Bob Nightingale, you hear it and you think, oh, he must have some sources. You know, this must be information that he has or that is fact. But he's out there going, I think they all went out. <laughs> I, I'm led to believe they all went out. They were all on the piss. People broke, you know. There was absolutely nothing to back that up. Anyway, um, 
it's been poor reporting from Bob throughout. He's been the, the main one. Um, and I don't think he's slowing down seemingly. <laughs> he's, he's, uh, he's, he's, you know, it's, it's getting worse. But guys, that's been fun. I think it's probably not where I expected to end this podcast. But anyway, we will because the time is, uh, is, <laughs> is bringing the curtain down on this one. Um, episode 56. In the books, Lee Dobbs, Rob Newell. Thanks again, as always, guys. Great to talk. Bob Bamba, I think, is that your third appearance on this podcast? Or second? Uh, I'd say second. Yeah, I think it is. We It's your annual now, so you have an annual That's right. Braves hype podcast where you get on and, and pump them up and you go for a 2-1 series win. I mean, that's that's the MO now. So I'll good. be like, you know, next year, don't bring me on, just to play a tape from this year, right? You know, it'll be all the same stuff. Exactly. Acuna's still good. Freeman's still amazing. The rotation's yeah. still happy, you know. Marcakis is still batting fifth and playing every day. Yeah, same old stuff, right? There you go. He had to finish on Marcakis. I love it. That is, I, I led him into that. Led him in. Bob, a great to talk as always, buddy. Um, episode Thanks, 56 is now in the books, and we will be back next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks.